0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app, and man, they got some awesome contests on the regular DraftKings app with March Madness coming up as well. Make sure you check those out. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, got a bunch of different podcasts. Even Money Podcast was awesome with my buddy Paul Roberts yesterday. I thought he and Steve Fezik had some really interesting conversations. If you're into betting at all or you're just interested in it, you should definitely listen to Even Money Podcast, especially some tips as it relates to college basketball and the NBA and the NHL and more. And then, of course, the College Draft Podcast, that was awesome, talking tight ends and Kyle Pitts and... What these scouts have and have not been able to do with Dane Bruegler and Emery Hunt on yesterday's college draft podcast. Definitely check that out. We'll have a new spread the word winner via social media this week at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. Just engage. I'm going to give it a winner out tomorrow. I still got a bunch of press passes, signed cards, signed pictures. Just engage with any of the posts we make about the show on either one of those social media handles on any of the different platforms. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Today, I'll be telling you about Manly Bands, which are awesome. I should wear mine on the show so you guys can check it out on YouTube. And HelloFresh, delicious and healthy, which I love. YouTube shout out tomorrow. Just subscribe to the show and make a comment. Speaking of the YouTube shout out, Yesterday's football feedback, our second ever YouTube exclusive football feedback. That was awesome. We had one guy, Paul from South Shore of UK, Ryan from Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, Jonathan from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Stephen Soraka from Western New York. That was just cool, really cool. Check it out on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Ross Tucker NFL. Right now, though. It's big show time. The big show. All right. So we're in a little bit of a rhythm here with my guy Andrew Brandt, the host of the Business of Sports podcast. We kind of have Andrew coming on every other week in the offseason. Couple reasons for that. One, it enables us to get some other different guests on, you know, every other week. Number two, It hopefully compels all of you to listen to the Business of Sports podcast because it's the best podcast of its kind. I see all the response and feedback we get to Salary Cap 101. Andrew Brandt's going to dive deep this week into Franchise Tag 101 because there are some really interesting conversations to be had around the Franchise Tag. Plus, he will get into the nitty-gritty of Dak Prescott's deal as well. Hopefully you already check out Andrew on social media at Andrew Brandt. You can also check out his newsletter on Sunday. It's just a free newsletter. Comes to your email on Sunday. You can read it whenever you want. Really, really a cool and unique thing to get. He is the man with the plan on the Business of Sports podcast, Andrew Brandt. Good morning, Andrew.
1: Good morning, my friend. You know, this is the time, we say it every year, uh, and, and, you know, Ross, you were a player and you focus on the games. I'm just that guy, that weird guy that's much busier when there are no games. And that's gone for my whole career, being an agent, being a team executive, being an analyst and an academic, you know, it's all about the off season in, in football for me. Cause that's. I mean, that's when teams are architected and managed. And, uh, you know, from the business side, the games are just kind of the storefront. You know, they're just kind of in the front and everything else is done behind the scenes.
0: It's a really good point, Andrew. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up. So the, I, I was thinking this since we have kind of started to do, you know, every other week, so to speak. How about this timing, Andrew? I mean, the day after the franchise tag deadline, and, I don't know, 36 hours at this point after the Dak Prescott deal. Now, I know you'll really dive into all the intricacies of the deal at a much deeper level on the Business of Sports podcast, but your initial reaction to the Dak Prescott announcement, Dak Prescott
1: News, Andrew, was what? That his injury had no effect on his leverage that he we look at deals and we often ask right away who quote unquote won and i always say it's hard to pick but this one he won (laughs) he won he won over the joneses and the cowboys because he played it perfectly and i just laugh when people said last year oh he hurt his leverage with the injury again ross three options for the cowboys Franchise tag them again, do a new deal with them, or let him go to the market. Number three was never going to happen. As for number two, or number one, the Cowboys, it just worked out so fortuitously for Prescott because this is the down year for the cap. We don't know what the number is. It's going to be in the 180s. It's going to be a depressed cap. Do you want a $38 million number on a player in a $180 million cap? God, no. So Prescott played that leverage. Now, as you said on the podcast, I'll get into all the nitty-gritty of the money and compare it to other players like Mahomes, like Watson, like Wilson, like Rodgers. But he won. He got the Cowboys to pay up biggest contract average ever, biggest first-year money ever, biggest three-year average ever. And here's the kicker for me, the absolute kicker for me, He's a free agent again in 20, at age 31. Oh, my God. You know, 31 is young for a quarterback. He's a free agent again. So I think we're going to, you know, if we're still doing this, God willing, in 15 years, look at Dak Prescott as career earnings way above all these other guys.
0: You know, it's really weird, Andrew, because in some way – him getting hurt almost helped him because it showed the Cowboys (laughs) just how bad they were without him, you know? And part of that's because of who they had as backup quarterback and whatever, right? But I thought that part of it was really interesting that him getting hurt showed the Cowboys how valuable – He really is. And you make a great point about the cap being down. Dak might be one of the only players that actually benefits from the cap being down, we now believe, $16 million from what it was last year. He actually benefits by that.
1: Yeah, he does because – you know, they didn't bring it down too far, which I applaud them. You know, they didn't bring it down into the teens. I think he's going to have a 22 or $23 million cap hit, which is fine. But they just saved $15 million on the cap while giving him the contract he wanted. And there's this little twist, which a lot of people aren't going to really pay attention to, Ross, but he got the tag. Okay, people don't know this. Dak Prescott got the tag yesterday. So he gets the tag. Then they'll do the new deal. And people are like, well, why would they do that? Well, here's why. Because if you get a third tag, then you are it's not 120%. It's 144%. So it's probably never going to happen because he has a no tag clause in this contract too. But if down the road playing for another team or whatever, he has to get a third tag, it's going to be much higher than it would have been if it was a second tag. So kudos to Dak and CAA Todd France for getting this little thing in. This is where agents can make a difference to add these little nuances that can protect you down the road.
0: Speaking of the franchise tag, Andrew, again, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse here or overplay it, but you are going to dive into this on the Business of Sports podcast in depth. But I know you talk a lot about the franchise tag and the weapon that it is for management. I guess my question for you, because I think everybody's heard you say that a bunch. My question for you is it feels like Andrew, once you get to the second year of a guy getting tagged, it almost starts to become a weapon for the player because that number gets Really high, like Brandon Sheriff, over $18 million for this year as a guard. I mean, more than 10% of the cap for this year as a guard. Leonard Williams is up close to $20 million, And then those guys are going to be able to hit free agency because they're not going to do, get tagged a third time. It feels like if you, uh, I don't say allow yourself to get tagged, but I feel like if you do the tag and you play through it, and then the next year you still say, no, that long-term deal is not good enough. I'm doing the tag again. At some point in the equation, the tag almost feels like it starts to help the leverage of the player.
1: I think that's fair. You know, and, and we have the examples you're talking about of the double tags with Scherf and obviously with Prescott uh, and obviously with Kirk Cousins a few years ago. Uh I just think, Ross, if you put the question to those players, even Cousins, would you have rather gotten the tag or be set free as a real free agent, which you're supposed to be in any other sport you would be? They'd probably rather have it. You know, if Kirk Cousins, people may have different opinions about him, but if instead of being tagged by the Washington team, he was a free agent, he would have made more. You know, it took them a while to get to it because of the tags, but you don't see quarterbacks in their twenties that are still ascending get to free agency. It never happens. So this is where we are. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, people ask me about the tag, you know, going away. I'm like, listen, we just did a CBA, so it's there at least through 2030. So it's here to stay. And listen. I've been critical of union leadership. I understand there are a lot of things to get to in a CBA, but I don't understand this idea that, hey, it only affects 10 players. Let's not spend a lot of time on it. No, I keep saying this, Ross. It affects a lot more than 10 players because I was there. I never applied a franchise tag in my 10 years, but I used it. I used it in negotiations dozens of times. So... The amount of times it's actually used versus the amount of time it's applied is very, it's, it's very different. Teams use it all the time to get the contract that they want uh, before they have to apply the tag.
0: That's a really interesting point as well so, uh, about how it does affect more guys. I like that, Andrew, quite a bit. Um, you know, this year is interesting because some of the tag numbers have actually come down. Andrew Uh, most of them have because the salary cap's gone down and I got to tell you I'm really surprised that the Packers didn't tag Aaron Jones I mean eight million bucks Andrew when these guys were all getting 12 13 million a year you know the Camara and the Dalvin Cook and all these guys that got these deals done I can't say I quite understand that one I thought at worst the Packers would put the tag on him to make sure they at least had him for one year for $8 million, and then had more time to see what A.J. Dillon could give him or, and or just use that as leverage or a placeholder to get a long-term deal done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hearing from all, all my Packer people about why they may they do that, and I don't have a great answer for you. I mean, I'm, I think the world of Aaron Jones as a person, I've met him a bunch of times. He's been great to my kids. He's a yes-sir, no-sir guy as everyone knows. Players love him. I don't know what went on there with negotiations. Um, it sounds like Ross they're going to continue, and let, let's just you know be clear with everyone. This thing, <laughs> the, the players are under contract through March seventeenth, so a lot can happen. Not only with guys like Aaron Jones and the Packers, but guys like Leonard Williams with the Giants. You can always get a new deal. Uh, still negotiating. It sounds like. So we'll see what happens. You know, I think. The Packers protected themselves with the A.J. Dillon pick. Um, you know, we'll see where this goes with them. I was surprised it sounds like Corey Lindsley is going to leave too, which tells me the Packers have something up their sleeve, right? That they're saving their their powder for something beyond, you know, they're all pro center and maybe they're all, they're all star running back. That's just my thought.
0: You know, two weeks ago on this show, Andrew, you we were talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and you said get him to take a pay cut. Yeah. Well, we found out last week, Andrew. That's exactly what he did. He he took a five million dollar pay cut, and I think I guess people have different opinions on that. I mean, he's playing this year for fourteen million. Compare that to like Dak Prescott or some of these other guys. And you, you don't often see that, Andrew, especially at that position where a guy just takes $5 million less than he had to.
1: Yeah, you never see it. You know, I think this was a risk-benefit analysis on both sides. On the Steelers' side, they don't have a succession plan, right? So what are they going to do if they release Ben Roethlisberger? Take the $22 million cap it and have no quarterback? So, they said, well, okay, can we get it down? On the Roethlisberger side, he probably said, well, if I'm out free in the market, what can I get? And maybe the assessment from him and his agents was, I don't know, $12, $13, 14000000 million. So it just looked to me like this is kind of, hey, we're better off with each other than without each other. I am surprised at the pay cut because, again, let's put ourselves in Ben's shoes, even though I suggested he would take one. Like, hey, you don't have a succession plan. You don't have someone to put in there. You know, they could have played that leverage. But yeah, and there's a push out, Ross. You know, me and and cap push outs. I don't feel great about them. So they're not only putting them down 5 million, but they're pushing out more money. So his $22 million dead money goes up and there's going to be a big hole if and, you know, when he leaves probably next year. But Yeah. Uh, we said it two weeks ago. He got him to take a pay cut. He gave five million dollars. That's pure cap and cash savings to the Steelers. Pure cap, pure savings.
0: There are some other ones that have gone on too, Andrew, as we know that supposedly the salary cap will be 182.5 million. There are some other ones. Mitch Morse, the center for the Bills, yeah. took a two million dollar pay cut. Devin Funches, who didn't who opted out last year. For the Packers, took a $750,000 pay cut. There are more of those. Th- there, there's a lot of restructures going on. But there are also some some real pay cuts going on this year.
1: Yeah, and listen, let me just, you know, I did the cap thing last week. Uh, what, all the myths going on. Let me, let me just settle this myth with you here. This is not news to teams. Okay, let's say the cap goes to 182 or 183, down 16, 17 million from 2020. The NFL and NFLPA agreed on this in July. July. Okay? So let's give up the thought that, oh, my God, teams are scrambling. They're not scrambling. (laughs) These moves have been in, in, in thought for months, just like teams prepare eight months for the draft. They should have been preparing, and I think most have, eight months for the reduced cap. So all the moves you're seeing are not a product of waking up in February and saying, oh, my God, the cap's going down. Smart teams know what's going on, and they've been preparing for this. So we're seeing all these restructures. We're seeing some pay cuts. I don't think these teams woke up and said, oh, man, we got to get Ben Rossberg on a pay cut. We got to get Mitch Morse on a pay cut. This has been going on for a while. Teams have known about this. So yes, there are going to be restructures and people are going to rationalize and say the big TV deals. the gap's going to go up. But I always maintain, even if the cap goes up, teams with more cap room are advantaged over teams who are struggling. Whether it's in a down year like this or in a plus year in a couple of years, uh, restructuring is always going to come back to haunt them. You got to
0: check him out on social media at Andrew Brandt. That way you can see how you can read his column. And of course, be able to get that Sunday newsletter, Sunday 7, which is awesome. Hopefully most of you already subscribe and listen, watch the Business of Sports podcast. It is excellent. There's a lot more details to dive into than the surface stuff that Andrew and I just discussed. Thank you so much, Andrew, as always.
1: Russ, I'll say it here. If you want me. We can go uh, next week too, because it's going to be the start of free agency on Wednesday, the seventeenth. So I'm happy to join and uh, go off the other every other week for next week. Heck
0: yes, let's okay. do it. That sounds great. Thank you, man. All right, there he is, Andrew Brandt. He's awesome. You know what else is awesome these days? Manly bands. I got. I'm going to wear mine, so you guys can check it out on on YouTube. Next time I'm telling you about manly bands. So, obviously, I already had a wedding band. I've been married for 15 years or whatever. But to get a second one, it's really cool. Because here's the thing, too. Styles change. Who you are changes a little bit. And they have so many different awesome things you can choose from. Gold, wood, antler, steel, dinosaur bone. Even the meteorites that killed it. Like they they have some, they got a Jack Daniels whiskey barrel collection. It's really cool. And what I like now is I can change it up. You know, like if I'm going out, I can wear my new manly band because my other one's kind of a little beat up. The one I got when I got married, beat up from working out and, you know, grabbing stuff, lifting weights, stuff like that. So it's nice to have a, a second one. And they offer free shipping and a 30-day exchange policy, free warranty. So this would be a cool gift to get uh, have somebody get you for Father's Day or just get it yourself. To order your Manly Band and get 21% off, 21, plus a free silicone ring, go to manlybands.com slash Ross and enter promo code Ross. That's manlybands.com. Slash Ross code Ross for 20% off. Manly bands, the best darn rings. Period.
2: Tux Takes. Good morning, Ross. And what a difference a couple of days makes. A ridiculous amount of stuff to get to. Touched on it with Andrew, but let's start with that big Dak Prescott deal in Dallas and your initial thoughts.
0: Well, I mean, on most of the metrics, right? It's the most ever. You know, with the it's 40 million a year, but he gets 42 million a year these first 3 years. And by then, because he can't be franchise tagged again, they'll already be talking about the next deal. Like they'll already be talking 3 years from now we will be talking about Dak Prescott's contract negotiations. Because if the Cowboys don't get it done before that year, then Dak will be a free agent. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy thing. $160 million, and he's a free agent again. These NFL quarterbacks are starting to get legit NBA Major League Baseball money at this point. What I think is interesting about it is the two surgeries – that Dr. Chow and I talked about a week ago, Bright, didn't really seem to affect how the Cowboys felt about Dak. They, they obviously are not worried about it. I also think everybody's like, ah, see, Dak won. And even Andrew said that. And I think Dak got a really good deal. But if you remember last year, the debate was four years or five years. Dak wanted four, the Cowboys won five. Well, franchising him for that year, and then now doing the four-year deal, they're getting their five. The Cowboys are getting their five. And he's getting 40 million a year now, but last year he had to play on the franchise tag, which was 34 million a year. So it's really, you know, 36, 37 million a year on for those five years. So I don't think it's as bad for the Cowboys as people are making it out to be. Although they absolutely could have and should have probably done it a year ago and saved themselves several million dollars per year on the annual per average.
2: Uh, Let's get your reaction on some of the guys that did get the franchise tag, uh, franchise tag, including Marcus May, Brandon Sheriff, Leonard Williams, uh, Panthers Taylor Moten, Chris Godwin, Cam Robinson, Bears, Allen Robinson, uh, Saints Marcus Williams.
0: So Sheriff and Leonard Williams get it again. Williams is a dominant player, had a great year. I get it. Sheriff, wow. I mean, to pay over $18 million for one year for a guy that gets hurt every season. He's a really good player, but that is a lot of money. And that's a lot of space on the cap. And if you notice guys like, Zeitler and Norwell and Trey Turner and you name it most teams Gabe Jackson aren't thrilled with the amount of money they're paying a guard when they pay him big money so to give him 18 million for one year I don't I don't know the Godwin one is interesting I would have tagged Shaq Barrett now the the Godwin number as a receiver is lower Tagging Barrett a second time would have been higher, so I understand that part of it. I guess I, my argument would be, you got a better chance of winning the Super Bowl this year if you're the Bucks, if you have Shaq Barrett and you don't have Chris Godwin, than the other way around. The Jags tagging Cam Robinson is unbelievable. He, he is, I would say, serviceable, arguably below average. I think a strong argument can be made that he's the worst player that's ever gotten the franchise tag. And I tweeted that yesterday at Ross Tucker, NFL. Saints Marcus Williams is a little surprising just because of all the cap issues the Saints are having. Tucks takes.
2: A couple of the big boys got traded as well. Uh, tackle Trent Brown goes from the Raiders to the Patriots for a fifth round pick. The Pats getting back a seventh rounder while the Dolphins just swapped a seventh round pick with the Titans to take last year's first round pick, Isaiah Wilson, off their hands.
0: Right. So the Titans still owed Isaiah Wilson five million bucks or whatever it was for the next three years. They already gave him a bunch of money. And the Dolphins said, "Well, well, we'll now take on that obligation. So they now... Oh, Isaiah Wilson, you know, a guaranteed four and a half, five million dollars. But they really didn't have to give up anything to get rid of to to get him. I mean, this is a guy that just went for a first round pick a year ago and they get him for a swap of seventh round picks. And he went to the same high school as Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. So obviously familiar with Wilson and feels good about uh, taking him on and taking that chance. Trent Brown had a bunch of health issues last year for the Raiders. I think his weight got out of control. Something happened there. He, he was not happy there. If you look at his social media, I will say this. These are two of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Trent Brown might be the biggest. I mean, he is 6'8", 380. He is a huge, huge human being. I was on the elevator with him once a couple of years ago in Kansas City before the Patriots played the Chiefs in that AFC championship game. And gosh, is he big. I mean, just huge. And then Isaiah Wilson is a pretty big dude as well. So, yeah, I mean, those are those are big guys. Maybe, Bri, they could both benefit from HelloFresh. You know, they both had weight issues. Go to HelloFresh.com. Slash 12Tucker and use the code 12Tucker for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Look, it's really, really healthy food. It's delicious. I already told you, we have a part-time nanny that helps us since my wife and I both work full-time. She saw the meals we were getting. She made a couple of them for us and thought they're so delicious. She signed up. Without using my code. She didn't know I had a code. Like, oh my gosh. Please, you got to use the code. That's the key. 25 plus recipes to choose from each week. 10 to 20 minute meals. Low prep. uh, Absolutely delicious. Like, we took pictures of them. Every single meal we had was awesome. Again, HelloFresh.com slash 12Tucker. And use code 12TUCKER for 12 free meals, including free shipping.
2: America's number one meal kit. Tuck Steaks. Let's get to some of the cap casualties, uh, and we're including in this one, Carlos Dunlap from the Seahawks. Titans cornerback Malcolm Butler and Falcons, James Carpenter.
0: So Dunlap and Butler are both over $10 million in cap savings. That's just gigantic this year. I mean, that's, that is a huge cap savings. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys end up with the same teams, but they got to get that cap savings now. And Carpenter's not a great player, and he's over $4 million of cap savings. So, makes sense. Tux takes.
2: And lastly, the Bucks re-signed linebacker Levante David. Two years, $25 million. includes 20 of it guaranteed. And also former Bears lineman uh, Kyle Long making a comeback.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought there was a chance that Kyle Long might come back. You know, you he, he had just been so beat up and so many surgeries. You know, he only played, I think, seven years not only I mean that's what I played I played seven years right now Kyle started a bunch more games made a lot more money than I did all that stuff good for him obviously but I felt like he might have some more football in him but he's 32 he um you know didn't play for a whole year I don't know I think it's interesting that he just felt like he wanted to play again I'll be curious to see how much he gets signed for, because he already made a lot of money. Like, he really doesn't need to come back for the money. Um, I think he wants to play as much as anything and probably missed the game. As for Levante David, it's funny because I think, Bri, one of the first years I was the moderator for the Rookie Symposium, I think Kyle Long and Levante David were both on my panel. I think they were both on my panel and now Levante David, I think he's played seven years. He gets this two-year, $25 million deal. Good for him, man. I, I like when guys like that have a chance to play their whole career somewhere or certainly don't just leave right after they win the Super Bowl. That's good money, $20 million guaranteed, $12.5 and a year for an off-the-ball backer. Now, but Shaq Barrett's the big one. I mean, Sue's big. Gronk's not going anywhere. Uh, but Sue's big. But Leva- uh, Shaq Barrett's the one. That really, really matters. You know who else matters? Our patrons. I love giving the shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing. So delicious. Sportaculture. Vision Comics with an X. How about this, by the way? Today's Fantasy Feast podcast, Evan Silva. Ever heard of him? You'll enjoy it. Let's talk about his free agent rankings a little bit. And what we need to know about the guys that got tagged or did not get tagged for fantasy purposes. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the fantasy Feasts, even money, business of sports and college
2: draft all available at Apple podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.